recording live from a room somewhere in Chicago. You're listening to Smallfish Radio Theater and Thespinarium. Approximately 20-minute variety hour. Yes, you heard correctly. In addition to our usual live format, every Sunday morning we will bring you something extraordinary. And speaking of extraordinary, sharing in the fun are our talented emissaries of entertainment. Joy Thorbjornson Coates. And reporting from the field, Miss Kitten. With special guests, Sharon Phillips, Eleanor Katz, and Mark Cater. In celebration of the new year, we're going to deviate from our usual randomness to feature some stories we've collected. And, of course, the next episode of Light Shadows. Happy New Year. Enjoy. First, a story by Mark Cater. A Judge Uka story from Japan. There was once a poor student who lived above a restaurant, and he had no money to buy the food in the restaurant. So he used to sit with his window open in his little one-bedroom apartment, and he had a very meager meal. He would have some boiled water, and if he was lucky, some onion or potato in it, and some rice, and maybe, just maybe, a piece of fish. But he would open his window, and the odor and the smells of the restaurant would waft up, and he would close his eyes as he was eating his poor, meager soup, and he would feel as though he was eating a feast. Mmm, it was delicious. Well, one day, he happened to be walking by with one of his best friends, and he stopped, and he says, Stop here, and close your eyes, and take a nice, deep breath. Oh, and his friend said, boy, that smells so good. It does, doesn't it? And couldn't you just taste it? And well, he said, I do that. Every day when I eat, I open the window and I, and I smell those smells, and it's wonderful. And then he goes on back to school. Now, it just so happened that the owner and chef of the restaurant heard the boy, and he was immediately affronted. This boy is stealing from me. He is stealing the smells of my restaurant. Why, if he's getting those smells up his nose, other possible patrons can't. And so he immediately ran down to the courthouse where Judge Uka was sitting. And he waited for the case that was ahead of Judge Uka to finish. And then he burst in front of all the rest. And he said, Judge, Judge, I demand an audience. I demand to have a young man arrested for stealing the smells of my restaurant. And the judge looked at him and said, Stealing the smells of your restaurant? That's right, this man steals the smells of my restaurant. Well, all of the people, all the lawyers and all the other judges and all the other patrons who were in the courtroom at the time started to laugh. They thought the judge was going to throw this man out on his ear, but he didn't. The judge says, I'm curious. Bring this young man before me. And it wasn't long before the young man found himself bowing before the judge. Young man... I hear you have been stealing the smells of this man's restaurant. Well, well, Your Honor, I haven't been stealing. At least I don't think it's stealing. I just open the window and I smell the smells and it feel like I'm eating the food, but I really can't afford the food. Ah, so you admit it, says the judge. You have been stealing the smells from the restaurant. You should be fined for that. You are guilty. I find you guilty. But, but Your Honor, I guess if you call that stealing, I am guilty. All right, young man, do you have any coins? Well, yes, Your Honor, I have a few. Well, get them out. 
And so he reached in his pocket and he pulled them out. And the judge said, shake them now, shake them. You better do it again, said the judge. Maybe one more for good measure. All right, your honor. Very good. You may put the coins in your pocket. Case dismissed. But wait a minute, said the restaurant owner. Wait, 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 wait. I have no coins in my palm. He has not paid any fine. Oh, said the judge. You didn't understand. I've had the boy pay for the smells of your restaurant with the sound of his coins. Case dismissed. And this, oh. And the moral of the story is, what do you think? If, if, you, if you smell it, shake it. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It, Thanks for tuning in. We'll be here next week. It's a sweet story. It, it, it is a good story. It is. Yes. It's, it's kind of, it's deep. It, it is it's deep. deep. It's, it's deep. Deep pockets. Deep. In which the coins rustle. Rustle. The coins rustle. What is the moral? Yeah, what is the moral? What is the moral, Mark? The moral of the story is anything you think it might be. Oh. And this story is brought to you by Anything You Think It Might Be, the new book of stories just like this out on the market. Oh. Oh. Old Men with Small Dogs by John Tomkew. This is breakfast. Two eggs, sunny side up, one slice of wheat toast buttered, one slice unbuttered to sop up the egg remnants, black coffee. Then I read the newspaper. Then I walk the dog. It's not my dog per se, it was Lucille's. We always had dogs back when the kids were growing up, big, strapping dogs, labs, golden retrievers. Even had an Akita once. Not necessarily a mean dog, mostly standoffish. Didn't care for him much, but the kids loved him. Back in the suburbs, I always used to marvel at the kind of dogs you'd see when you're out on a walk. Always struck me how old men walked little dogs. The kind I used to call football dogs because they were so small you could punt them. Now, I'd never kick a dog. Just saying. So I'd be walking Rex or Tank or whatever dog we had at the time, tugging at the choke chain to get the dog back on track, and along would come an old man, hunched over, walking or shuffling or kind of sliding along, a Pekingese or a yipping rat dog on a leash. And I'd look over at him, and he'd give me a look like, what are you going to do? Like he was embarrassed to be walking a little dog. Like he was embarrassed to be shuffling along in house slippers because he probably couldn't bend over anymore. Like he was embarrassed for making concessions. For making concessions like little dogs and slip on shoes for being old. Then I got older. The kids moved out, moved away. 
started lives of their own. After the last of our dogs passed on, Lucille and I thought about not getting another. We were going to be that couple in retirement, always on the road, walking through airports hand in hand. And then Lucille got sick. We fixed up a bed in the living room so she didn't have to use the stairs. I slept on the couch to keep her company. And one day, clear-eyed, she said she wanted a dog. So we weighed the options. Big dogs live 10 years on average, so that would put us at near 80. We couldn't handle a dog at that age because one squirrel runs past you on a walk and it's guaranteed hip replacement. So we settled on a football. Little thing, less than five pounds. Looked like a puppy even though it was full grown. Not much of a yipper. That was good. Then Lucille passed. Hospice came by and moved out the bed. And the house was still and quiet and empty. And each corner was a reminder. Thank God for that dog. Thank God for that dog. So I have breakfast. Two eggs, toast, coffee, and I walk the dog. And when some young buck walks by with a pit bull or lab or hyena on a leash, I look him square in the eye and think, don't pity me, I'm walking. Is the thing on? Is it on? Oh. Uh, and now, blight sparrows. Oh, sorry. Light shadows. It is a dark and stormy night. Sorry, wrong button. <laughs> it's my first day. The night of the town's annual winter ball. While most of the town gathers for a fancy dress party, Others are plotting revenge on Stella. Sorry, Ella. She's attending the ball with the zombie she's been casually dating. Bump, bump, bum. Sorry, I couldn't find the button you know, that plays the dramatic music. Thank you for accompanying me to the winter ball, Charlie. Great. Some attendants won't be happy to see me. Rain. Ella! Millionaire Playboy Dex, I'm surprised you have the guts to be here. Guts. Shouldn't you be out looking for a job like the poor man? Our divorce will make you. Not with these. 
What are those? Pictures of you and my lawyer, Taylor White, out shopping. He's holding your purse and sitting in the husband chair. This proves conflict of interest in his not having you sign the prenup. You'll never get a cent. Where'd you get those? I conjured them. <laughs> or rather, I conjured a private eye to take them. Well, really, I just hired him. Angelica the Witch! You're supposed to be dead. You'll be worse than that when I get through with you. I'm placing a curse on you, Ella, and your children, and your children's children, and your third cousins once removed. <laughs> Try it. Everybody knows you flunked out of witch school. I finished my degree online. Give hell my regards, Ella. You can't send her to hell because I'm taking her to heaven. Taylor! Let's run off to that tropical island like we planned, Ella. I can't run off with a werewolf who tried to kill Barney. He tried to kill me too. I've got the silver bullet in my wood paneling to prove it. Liars! You're all liars! Barney! Ella had no intention of running away with you, Taylor. She was getting Dex's money for us. Is that true, Ella? Do you want this vampire instead of me? Well, I always saw you as my daytime boyfriend, Taylor, and Barney as my nighttime boyfriend. Not when you're still addicted to garlic bread. And who do you think has been supplying it to her? Along with garlic fries, and this really yummy garlic ice cream we found at the farmer's market. I'll get you for this, Dex. You're about to lose everything, Ella. Any last words? Yes, I'm pregnant, and one of you is the father. Oh, <gasps> brains! Uh, probably not you, Charlie. We've only been casually dating. Brains. So, who's the daddy? I won't get a DNA test until after the baby is born. In the meantime, I expect Dex, Taylor, and Barney to treat me with respect. Respect is something earned. <gasps> Who are you? Don't you recognize your long-lost twin sister? Tune in next time for another chilling episode of Night Meadows. Sorry. Light shadows. And now, How the Squirrel Saved the Fly, as performed by Mary Therese Cazola and Dave Belden. I went to the park with my dog. We saw a guy with his dog and we walked for a while. Then the guy's dog killed a squirrel. It was so upsetting. 
The guy cleaned the blood off the dog's muzzle at the water fountain, and I helped him. I gave him tissues. Then me and my dog went home, where I had set these mouse traps. And I was even more sad for the mice than I had been when I set the traps, not that I've caught any yet. I was sad that I couldn't just relocate the mice. I was sad that I couldn't save the squirrel. Then me and my dog went to my mom's. And in my mom's dining room, this fly was trying to escape. My mom had trapped him between the outside window and the inside window, and he was just standing on the sill, rubbing his two front legs together. And I could see his eyes, every detail of his eyes. My mom and I were going shopping, and my mom said, just leave him there to die. But I couldn't. I couldn't let him die, not after the squirrel. If it hadn't been for the squirrel, I wouldn't have thought twice about this fly. I would have let my mom zap him with the electric zapper thing she got that kills flies, but I said no. I worked open the storm window without letting him back into the room, and I watched him fly away, and I felt so happy. And that's all for this week's approximately 20-minute variety hour. Got a story to tell, a good joke, a bad poem, a hellacious haiku, a flash fairy tale? Head to our submissions page and find out how that special guest could be you. And thanks to our contributors, Tom Mizraka, Mark Cater, Trina Kakasik, Michael John Kelly, and John Tomkew. This approximately 20-minute variety hour features the talents of Mark Cater, Eleanor Katz, Sharon Phillips, Kat Dean, Michael Herzobi, Joy Thubjornson Coates, and Michael John Kelly, directing and sound design by Trina Kakasik. Special thanks to the White Crane Wellness Center for providing rehearsal and recording space. Small Fish Radio Theater is produced by Michael John Kelly and Trina Kakasik. Thanks, thanks for, for listening! listening.